Welcome back to WOC Making It Big, where we talk about being women of color, theater, and living in New York. We're back. <laughs> I hate that we're doing that. Um, but no, today we're, we have a guest on the podcast, first guest of season two. And we're oh, really we're excited. excited. <laughs> we sound like we're not. Okay, but we are. It's just because we're back to early morning Sundays instead of late night, what yeah. we did last time. Yeah, like two episodes ago, it was most definitely... Um, oh, no, it was last episode. It was, it was episode. like 1 a.m. And that was yes. smart. It was a very, very bad idea. <laughs> but you know, we learned from it. 1 a.m. on Monday nights are not podcast recording times yeah it's just not it's It's sunday morning yeah but no we're back and today we have talia i'm gonna i don't want to say her name wrong can you say your name (laughs) oliveras yes and um we're talking about trans how do we how do you how do you put that the the transition between well graduation basically like the transition from school to no school as a WOC in theater in New York. Yes. And I think, like, we really wanted you on just because I remember. So we, like, Anuka and I terribly. Actually, it wasn't that bad. Light design. <laughs> no. Sinking was good. Sinking was, was good. good. Um, designed a show that Talia was directing. And I remember, like, one meeting was literally us being like, so you're graduating soon. How does that feel? Because I don't know, like, that's my, one of my biggest anxieties. I don't know about you. Oh, it's most definitely one of my biggest anxieties. Yeah, and I remember just, like, talking to you, and you are like, it's going to be fine. I'm, like, and so, I don't know, I, mm-hmm. like, it made sense to ask you to come on, and also, we love you, and we think you're cool, and we think your work's cool, and, and we think you're doing really cool things, and you're going to do even more cool things, yeah. and we're glad we get to see it. um so like a question that we ask everyone is how would you describe what you do cool so um i would say i'm an actor director collaborator um i say collaborator because it often looks like dramaturgy but it also like that's a very loose term to me i don't really know what that means Mm -hmm. um and it changes so much show to show and process to process so i just say collaborator um, and all of that is within kind of the like off Broadway downtown theater, especially scene. Cool. Um, can you tell us about your like journey up to going to NYU? Like what like that Talia was like, and what that process and yeah. was like. Oh, I'm sure that Talia was very different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so different. Um, so I am. I'm from a town called Mount Vernon, New York, which is in Westchester. I didn't know you were from New York. I am. I from also New York. didn't know that. Yes, I am. Born in Red. Did not leave. Don't see myself leaving anytime soon. Wow. Um, but I'm from right outside the Bronx, essentially. So my town of Westchester is really interesting because it's close to the Bronx, but it's the start of Westchester, which is where like. The Clintons lived mm-hmm. once. The Click books are based there. Like, I was obsessed people. with yeah. the Click books. Wait, I haven't heard anyone talk about that oh, in yeah. literal years. Oh, yeah. And I was obsessed with those books. I'm sorry, keep going. Oh my god, <laughs> the movie? The uh, movie. Yeah. Well, that's basically what um, Westchester, like capital W mm-hmm. Westchester is. It's like people with horses and jets yeah. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was not that. Yeah. So, um... I ended up in that uh, culture kind of through art, ironically enough, because the arts program that I joined when I was seven um, was created because a lot of arts programs that like my town and the surrounding towns were getting cut. So that arts program was awesome. I joined it the very first year it was ever created uh, at seven years old, and I stayed all the way until senior year of high school. Um, So I was there for like a decade. And that was the thing that taught me like, it started off um, like an opera program a little bit, so Ooh. because the founders were like uh, opera singers and orchestral people, so I started like singing opera, and that's what I thought I wanted to be when I grew up. Why <laughs> opera singer? Which I don't even sing anymore, so it's really <laughs> like a gag. Um, but yeah, so I started with like serious vocal training, and I was learning like violin and piano. Um, and then it turned into more of a like 
musical theater program, right, where there was like acting, dance, and singing, mm -hmm. and then I discovered that I really liked acting, and ended up going to a high school in New Rochelle, New York, which is Ragtime, if you know New What? Musical, that's where Ragtime mm -hmm. takes place, Westchester. Um, and there I got into what's called like a, it was called PAVE, which is just an extracurricular oh, audition-based yeah. program. So I did acting intensively where like we had a really actually amazing program. The first year we did like um, classical acting. So we looked at Greek work and Roman work and um, then at Shakespeare. And then second year we all got to pick a form of acting that we wanted to choose. So like I studied Meisner intensively. Um, whereas my friend studied Adler, and so we all what? got to, it was really it was like, really in hindsight, cool. I'm like, whoa, yeah. it was really cool. Um, and then third year, we did more like current contemporary work. And then our fourth year, we created our own acting company. And that's when I got like a mini taste of what ended up being our college training, which was, um, we all had to like, the students directed, the students produced, the students made mm -hmm. the set. We were the actors. Um, so that was a really, really cool opportunity, which then led yeah. me to mm -hmm. NYU. Wow. That's so cool. I Wait. never knew any of that. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> In shock. <laughs> so how was that transition for you, like, from that type of environment then to like NYU playwrights did you find it was like the same type of like people and vibe because you were saying like how you didn't like really like vibe with like the people mm -hmm. and like did you find some similarities or some differences to like that community yeah for sure so I felt like I was equipped to mm -hmm, yeah. for the kind of like class jump mm -hmm. and um well, primarily just the class jump that coming to NYU had and I also had a really particular transition because um, NPR was doing a, an article on my acceptance to NYU. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold up. Listen. You said NPR did an article about your acceptance? <laughs> yeah, it was just, I don't even remember how it came about. Well, um, I, we should have Googled Talia before. <laughs> I know. We were like, we were like, we know Talia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What? I, I truly don't remember now how it came about, but someone from NPR was following me the summer before going to NYU, and then the day of move-in day, she recorded the whole thing. Oh, but the, what? Move-in um, day? On move-in day, as I moved into Ruben Hall at NYU. You lived in Ruben? <laughs> of course, I love Ruben. Oh. I'm a ride or die Ruben fan. Um, <laughs> but, so that was really particular because I was very aware of of what it meant to be going to NYU mm -hmm. in the sense that like it was something to be proud of and it was a really huge accomplishment and I um, I came to NYU through MLK so I was an MLK yeah. scholar which was huge mm -hmm. um, the only reason why I could afford to go here yeah. um, so a lot of that had to do with my transition so literally move-in day like I remember meeting my roommate and having this woman following me with a boom. Oh my god. You know? And so my roommate later told me she thought I was in a reality show. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, but so I felt like it was just so much shock. And and being from New York and being so close to my family was really helpful for me because mm -hmm. I was able to go back. But that was something that I think was really hard was I would leave being on campus and like playing rich and fancy with my friends it felt like. And then on weekends I would go home and like you know, experience the real yeah. reality of where I'm from and who my family is and what's going on. And so first year was a lot of that struggle mm -hmm. back and forth. But then I, I, I got over it. You know, I got used to yeah. it. No, yeah. but I feel that so much. Not like, I don't know, like, there's so many people at NYU who are so privileged and they mm -hmm. have so much and they don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And like having conversations with them can be frustrating at times. But it's like, and, and, and it's not like I don't want to make people feel bad, but it's like really like, oh, this isn't somewhere that, like, I really belong. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like, I felt that last year, and I'm still feeling it now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, really... Imposter syndrome like, is real. It's yeah. real. Like, it's real. I remember before before coming to NYU, I, my parents, like, sat me down and had a whole conversation about money and, like, being around people that spend money easily mm -hmm. and like how just because other people spend doesn't mean that I have to yeah. and I think that's such a big thing here that everyone deals with mm -hmm. 
because like we're on we're constantly around people that just, just like spend, spend. Yeah. and if you're hanging out with them you feel the need to spend right because you're doing like that's yeah. what they're doing yeah and it's just like frustrating that some like mm-hmm. to sometimes be like you know what i have to like step back and be right. like i can't spend money here sorry and then the look that people be like okay but like it's only this one time and you're like no yeah. it's a lot of times and i'm starting to realize it's too many times and i now need to be like yeah no anuka knows yeah. I, anytime someone's like let's do something i was like money literally yeah. that's Which my, i'm good. not proud it's a good thing, it's a good thing. I, and it's hard to do that too because when it you're is. an artist your social life is so yeah. tied yeah. to your career and so especially at this school where like literally being at a party excuse me, as a place where you get to talk to someone about their project yeah. and then, like, meet them and maybe work with them is so hard because then that means you're spending money both socially and professionally and yeah. you're like, I don't know how to navigate this. Yeah. It's really hard. Oh, yeah. We're going to work through it. <laughs> it's um, getting better. That's the thing. And the longer we're here, I feel like the more we realize yeah, our boundaries you, you and what we say can no. say. Yeah. The first year, for sure, like, I did not know how to say no because I wanted yeah. to pretend like I was a normal privileged kid too and yeah. so that was hard on me because then I would go home and be like I have no money in my bank account mom can you add more and she's yeah. like no, no. Like, I can't keep up with that like yeah. we are not that yeah yeah, yeah it's T, when I came home I, uh, I went home for like two days to see my dad for his birthday mm-hmm. and then I came back and I had like a crisis in my class because I checked my bank account and I was like, dad, you're going to be so mad at me. I spent so much money in one month yeah. of being back here, like too much money. And I like was going to cry in my class. And I was like, no, I can't cry. And I talked to my dad and he was, and I, he was like, okay, how much is there? Like whatever. And mm-hmm. I like sent it to him. He's like, Anuka. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't. It's just hard, especially when you come back Mm -hmm. from being away for the summer to say no and one, like spend your money wisely on things that you need. Mm -hmm. Because when you do come back, there are things that you end up needing, like for for your dorm, Mm -hmm. for like whatever. And then I think it's really hard to be wise on like, oh, I need to, I actually need this for my room and I don't need to like go to this place and Mm -hmm. spend money on this dinner when I could do this. It's tough, but it also never ends. Like, yeah. I'm still doing it now, you know, having, yeah. like, without the structure of college, it's a little more helpful, but it is also like, oh, now I have to make more of an effort to see these people, so that means that oftentimes we're going to get food to catch up, or yeah. we're going to a bar to catch up, and I'm like, That's why don't money. you come home, like, come yeah. to my house, yeah. and we'll, like, cook, I'll your cook dinner. dinner for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, like, handle that financial, like, world or situation now being, like, out of like yeah and that's not me like how much money but like how do you like like budget and like control yeah yeah so a good thing about me is that i have always worked like i had my first Mm -hmm. job at 14 the moment i got my permit you know and then when i was at nyu um i worked in admissions all four years and by the time i was i think it was my junior year i got my first apartment so i started looking for um like second jobs that I could do and so senior year I was very much like okay I gotta set myself up for success because I'm gonna lose admissions in Mm -hmm. August um so I had I got a job at a boxing gym which is actually really fun um and I'm really um quite calculated about the types of jobs that I have because Mm -hmm. the boxing gym also gives me free classes so that's that way I don't have a gym membership and then I just got a second job at Urban Outfitters Mm -hmm. um which is great because now I'm like, oh, all the money I spent on clothes, I now have a discount, so that's helpful. Um, Or before that, I worked at like a coffee shop, so that was like free food and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of being smart about it, but also being really really realistic. Um, Like having, uh, figuring out what kind of savings works for you. Like I'm not someone who can have a savings account because if I have a card, I will use it. <laughs> like that's I didn't realize that for a while, so I was like, why isn't my savings so as much low, as it can yeah. be? Um, so I had to find a new version to save money, or like mm, you know, little things yeah. like that that are gonna come with like just practice. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm getting at this point because I also have been doing it kind of since January because I took my last semester part time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I I got a good rhythm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I was wondering how. Being a woman of color changed your experience, if it did, like, trying to, like, direct mm. within school or just, like, being a student in class? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the question. Um, 
Of course it did, one. Of course it made the experience very different. Um, especially with directing. I did not even consider directing to be a thing that I would do mm -hmm. until, well, first year of college, right, when we had to direct. And I was like, this is interesting. I'm just doing it because I have to do it. Yeah. I don't really like it, but I did it. And then everyone was like, hey, you're good at this thing. And I was like, I, uh, I don't really, I'm yeah. an actor. <laughs> you know? And we had to do Earthquakes in London, where our year, um, it was basically like we would self-decide who's directing. And so mm -hmm. I really wanted to be, I wanted to act and I really connected with the main character. Um, so I was like, here are all my thoughts and my feelings about the main character. And everyone was like, if you have all of these thoughts and feelings, you should probably direct, direct it. it. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I don't know. And so they chose me to be one of the two directors. And then from that, uh, Fritz, our teacher, was like, hey, you should do a project track mm -hmm. next year. You should focus on directing. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, I absolutely refuse to do that. <laughs> and um, instead, I did what was still alive back then, which was P&P, &P, which mm -hmm. was um, basically first year all over again. You would act, direct, design. Mm -hmm. You would do all the things. Um, but then it was a little too much because we didn't have our own actors, so we had to, like, direct our own scenes and act in each other's scenes and it was just a mess curricularly so I ended up switching to project track and this is when it all it all <laughs> began because when I transitioned into project track that year the way the groups were broken up between mm -hmm. project I remember you telling us about mm -hmm, this was that all of the people of color were placed into one group so group A had all of the actors of color. Mind you, I was the only uh, brown woman who was even crazy. interested like, in pursuing directing in our year. Um, so it's not even to say that there was a director of color because, I mean, there were, but there were no black directors. Um, Wait. At all. Like, at all. I'm thinking about my year. Yeah, I was thinking about our year, too. I think I'm the... I yeah. think you are the only black director in our year, too. I'm the only black director yeah. in our year. And that is a... That's a Way. shocking thing to realize. It's really shocking. Continue your story. So, yeah, so... And mind you, I wasn't even in the directing track at that time, right? So, when mm -hmm. I was prepping to transition in, I knew that the only stories I was interested in directing were black stories. So, I spoke to Fritz, who was the head of the program at the time, right? And... I was basically like, you have to put me in the group with the, per with the people of color because that's I need what I to, need. I need them. Right. Yeah. And he was like, no, I can't do that. There's two, like, it's closed. There's room in this group. And I was like, right, but that group has no, like, no women of color at all. So I don't want, like, the story that I'm planning on doing is Venus by Susan Mary Parks, mm -hmm. <gasps> yes. which means that it's essential that I have women of color. No, no, no. I was met with so many no's. So I was like, okay, bet. Put me in that group and we'll see what I do. So, <laughs> so I was put in that group and I ended up directing an excerpt of Venus by Susan Larry Parks with white women in hey. white face because I was interested in the fact that white women voted for Trump. You know, like I was super invigorated by the fact that I wasn't allowed to have actors of color, like mm -hmm. all this stuff, which is ridiculous. Like yeah. that should never, like I don't care about politics. I don't care about how the other students are gonna feel. Like it is not my problem that mm -hmm. you poorly organized the groups yeah. one. Second of all, it's not my problem that you don't have even enough students of color to spread the wealth. Like maybe that's a reflection on your institution, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that very much, um, like that moment in my career at Playwrights and at NYU was the defining factor for me to be like, oh, I actually have to direct mm -hmm. because thing, moments like this happen constantly. And the first black woman teacher, I, and only one I had out of my whole training, like even Whoa. starting from seven years old until now was Nikki Douglas, oh um, which happened my sophomore year as well. So it's just like this is ridiculous yeah. and dire and i'm happy that it, it's changing a little bit but it's yeah. still like i was gonna say like <sighs> even now that's still a struggle because like jordan's play for example mm -hmm. we did that during class like during mini projects she I had to change her show purely because there weren't enough people to be in it mm -hmm. and even jocelyn yeah didn't have anyone to be in her show mm -hmm. yeah she was the only person that could have done it yeah and, and it's she just couldn't, so she frustrating because, mm -hmm. like, 
I'm finding that so much of the work that I'm interested in is like drawing from like my experience and like my identity and like I, I I'm like enjoying doing that right now and I can't do that right. all the time with the yeah. people that I have and then it's just like frustrating when like other people don't understand, understand that them. and then when I like ask for things and they don't try to like they don't try to understand it right does that make sense at all yeah no, no, like no. you you tell them like oh it's fucking annoying that I can't do my show because I don't have people to and be in it like, and they're out. like I'm sorry that sucks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and you're like no it's not like fair how? because you could do a show with all white people and have way too many people exactly. to choose from and it's we have crazy. to like tailor our show to the people that we have mm-hmm. and, that's and then not it's fair. also shocking something that I've realized in like the last six months being out of school too is how white our training is also it like, is. I, don't, like, I don't even mean like in terms of the teachers, I just mean in terms of the rhetoric. And, um, like, working on the shows that I'm developing with Nia and the, the stories that we're interested in, the theory that we're interested in, like, we have to go to hell and back to try to dig up any articles or anything on all of the topics we're interested in because it's just not what we were taught. Wow. And even, even thinking about, like, acting techniques mm-hmm. and the things that we're all so like it's the common vernacular right of all of us is coming from western white cultures and so that's like also on my body and it's also something that now out of school i have to try to teach myself how to work around but Mm -hmm. it's great like why isn't there i just i don't know i just don't know why training wise like it's so universal like in Mm -hmm. in language like they're like oh this is for everyone this is just like this is what you do right like this is this is this is it but it's it's it's, it's so uncomplicated. It's just so yeah. ugh, it's so simplistic. Yeah, I think that seeing seeing that in our voice class, we're all yeah. starting to like question like why are we learning how to speak yeah. in this particular like, way? I didn't even notice that until someone in our company we were at lunch and she was like, I don't know why we all like just seem to go with the fact that this white man's idea of a pure voice is what we should have mm-hmm. and I was like I never even thought about that mm-hmm. how every single one of us in this class is tailoring our voice to what mm-hmm. he wants it to sound like and that's terrifying and that yeah. is literally your body right so yeah. yeah so that it's like conscious unconscious right then suddenly you're like what like my the way I'm thinking is different yeah because of the way my body is moving or the way my voice is working it's yeah Wait, how are we supposed to stay in this for two more years? You know how um, we forgot a segment. Oh, how we made it big this week. week. We did. And that's how we're going to get through this. Okay. How we made it big this week. So, we, yeah, we'll explain to to Leah. So, basically, we do how we made it big this week because our podcast is WC. Making it big. Why was I going to say it's a different thing? Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's Sunday morning. It's, yeah. Um, but so, like, we were talking and, like, we realized that making it big, quote-unquote, always is changing for us and it's never, like, this one big yeah. thing. And it doesn't always have to be a giant achievement. It can yeah. be little things that are very important, too. Mm-hmm. And that they're all, in some form, making it big. Yeah. So every week we say, have you made it big? And if you want to go first. Sure, I'll go first. Um, so how I made it big this week is I spent two hours <laughs> drawing this tree for The Giving Tree, which is a show that I'm in at Playwrights at the moment. And I'm extremely proud of this drawing. It's <laughs> like, pretty it, good. I think it's more than pretty oh, good. Oh, 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 <laughs> but, it's really good. It's really good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but I just, like, I worked really hard on it, and this week was, like, a hard week like every week is turning out to be a hard week Mm -hmm. sometimes not sometimes all the time it's just turning out to be hard weeks right now because I'm so busy but I took the like time out of my day on Thursday evening I was like I have to draw this for rehearsal tomorrow so I'm just gonna do it however long it takes that's how long it takes and it ended up taking me like two hours but it was so like peaceful and Mm -hmm. like therapeutic to like do something just like drawing Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about other things that are so stressful and then it turned out really good and I was really proud of myself and I was like see what happens when you just like relax and like stop thinking about all this bullshit you can do really great work mm-hmm. the tree is really good thank you 10 out of 10 tree I also have the tree if you want to see it <laughs> you Sorry. can go next if you want oh. or I could go you can choose you go you go I'll go okay so how I made it big this week 
So, first of all, I understand what you mean about every week being a hard week, and mm -hmm. I realize that I need to, like, train myself to stop saying, this week is so weird, this week yeah. has been so bad. Like, I've been saying that for a month. Like, yeah. not every single week had to have been that been, bad. Not every single week is the bad week. Yeah, like, like I, some weeks yeah. are better than the others. So I need to, to like, that. chill out. Yeah. My voice just cracked. It's okay. <laughs> we loved it. It's okay. Um, but this week I've been barely getting any sleep and I've been like in the class that I'm tutoring at, like falling asleep while I'm tutoring. And I'm like, this is not good. So on mm -hmm. Friday, I probably went to bed at like what, 10 and woke up at like nine in the morning. And I just had like the longest sleep that I've had in the longest time. And it felt so good to be like, we're going to stay put and we're going to just sleep. And I'm proud of myself for doing that. Yeah, and this week should. we're going to try to sleep it, more. You know yes. why? Because it's so hard at college to be like, I need to sleep. It's when people impossible. Are, yeah. So the fact that you took that time for yourself yeah. made it big. Yeah. Also, just like in general, women of color, we love to hold ourselves to impossible standards. Mm -hmm. Speak on it! You know? <laughs> and uh, we'll like glorify not sleeping. And yeah. that relates to my, how I made it big this week because I took the time to like rearrange my room. <gasps> yes. Which always makes me feel so much better. And I forget mm -hmm. how... You know, having a messy room will, like, directly yeah. affect your emotions and your feelings and blah, blah, blah. And it's so simple. Like, I just, like, moved a little, a little furniture around. <laughs> and suddenly my mental health is better, you know? Yeah. So, yes, take time for yourself. Yeah. Please. Especially in college. Mm -hmm. We're trying. Yeah. Something that... Wait, sorry I'm, to interrupt you. No. I was just going to say, I think it's really interesting that all of our making it big this week was taking time for ourselves in some way or form. <gasps> you, you went to sleep. I took some time to draw. Mm -hmm. You took some time to rearrange. Mm -hmm. Wow. This yeah. is the week of taking time for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Self-care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And something that I'm realizing lately, and it's making me so frustrated, is I feel like I get, I'm getting trapped in... Playwrights and I'm getting trapped like within like Tish and like that like bubble. bubble. Yeah. Were you in that bubble? And if yes, how mm. did you break out? Of and I, it? I'm or only asking you... because like this is something I'm struggling with yeah. right now. Of course, I was trapped in that bubble. It's a really uh, it's it's a real bubble. Yeah. Um, oh my god, my voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. It's okay. Um, I also like worked very actively to not. Be stuck in the bubble though so like I had a double major mm -hmm. I had um I studied away like after my second year I went to Amsterdam which really mm -hmm. helped because then I had a whole group of people that I could always turn to mm -hmm. um and I worked really hard to find those communities and even then I still would be like oh I've spent every day like seven days a week for the last four weeks with the same people like yeah. I have to actively remember that there are other people that I can reach out to um and I think that it's a blessing and a curse. Like, it is, I think the thing that NYU is really helpful for is giving you that sense of community. And I think that playwrights in particular, like, mm -hmm. I think other studios, as hard as it is, you know, being in playwrights, like, the thing that they are jealous of is how strong yeah. our sense of community is. So while you get stuck in the bubble, it is a really helpful bubble because then you have that bubble forever. Like yeah. I'm still making work with people that I was in that bubble with. I'm still getting support from them. Um, even if I haven't spoken to them in like three yeah. years, like I know I can always message them and be like, hey, I'm working on this thing and I know that this is the kind of art you do or I just want to yeah. go get coffee and talk. Like you will always have that bubble. So don't hate the bubble, but also like when you're tired of it, it like, like that's a serious yeah. thing and... Yeah. How would you recommend? I'm sorry. How would you recommend like break? Like what? Like did you? Because you said you were active. Like what did you yeah, actively yeah. do? Well, I think it's just in like how you build your communities, right? So it depends on how much you want to build communities. Because NYU is a really large school, so you can like go to a club for a week. Like you don't yeah. have to join a club. Wait, you just go to a meeting for <laughs> your <a week>. mind. <laughs> <laughs> or like. I mean, I also, like I said, worked in admissions, and I didn't, like, I really did not participate in that community for the first two years, because I had playwrights, yeah. and then after that, I was like, oh, wait, this is, like, a whole, like, cohort of many people yeah. that I can hang out with, um, so just finding other things you do, or, like, even if it's just going to, like, one of the events that NYU has, and mm -hmm. seeing who you meet, or going back to, like, your welcome week friends who you haven't spoken to probably since yeah. then, like, mm -hmm. there are people around. Um, Smart. 
So my question kind of came from when you were talking about the bubble and how helpful it is. Yeah. Um, so the co connections that you made, did they help you right after graduation slash um, were there any teachers or mentors specifically that helped you or that you feel like you, you can rely on now that you've Oh, yeah. like period. <laughs> um, at, like truly, 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 like it is one of those things where you don't realize what you're missing until it's put in front of you. Mm -hmm. And like I didn't realize that I was missing having a black woman mentor until she happened on my lap and it was the best thing ever. And like I still make work with her. Like I literally was in a workshop with her this past week um and it's so also exciting to see how our relationship shifts now that yeah. I'm not in college and like not walking in the room and her congratulating me on yeah. someone rep for the first time and being like oh we're meeting where we are um but I'm also always gonna look up to you so yeah. she definitely 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 is is my rock I'm um, so jealous yeah but but yeah, we'll get you'll find soon. you'll find someone. You'll get no playwrights isn't providing that right now. It's really all. not. Like I don't have like a mentor yeah. that I could like turn to and be like, I you understand either. the type of work I make. You like, understand like what I'm struggling some, with right yeah, now. Something mm -hmm. that me and Jordan have been like going through is especially Jordan. I don't mean to mean I don't mean to speak for you, but no, something you've been speak. telling me about a lot <laughs> is um finding the point in what we're doing right now. Yeah. at studio like it's really hard to like oh gosh, yeah. see why we're doing all of these things like especially in like voice and speech like it, for me at least I've been like okay this is cool but I don't know what to do with this like yeah. it's not going anywhere for me and I think that's why I'm like starting to resent the class and being like I don't want to go because it's I don't understand what I'm doing totally I had that exact same experience and I think that um the secret that people say, but like when you're in it, you forget it's yeah. true, is that you can just like cold reach out to people. Like you can see someone whose work you really admire and just send them an email and be like, hey, can we get coffee? Like, I think that's what's helpful is that um, doing the shows that I did outside of NYU starting my like junior, senior year really helped me to realize how small the theater scene is. Mm -hmm. and how much it really doesn't matter whether people have credits or not like in new york it is very like i help you you help me mm -hmm. which i'm so thankful for and so that's something you can start doing as early as now right like you can email people and be like hey i don't know whitney white for example like you're someone who is doing exactly the thing that i want you to do like mm -hmm. i'm struggling in my training and i know that you had your own training like can we just get coffee and talk about how you went through that um, and that's how you can make your own mentors mm -hmm. because NYU is not going to give it to you. Yeah. It's, it's like not like it's a miracle. I had Nikki Douglas um, and that was a right time, right place situation. Right. Yeah. Because if it was even a year before I wouldn't have had her. So you have to waiting for the day playwrights brings a brown woman into the faculty. <sighs> mm -hmm. we'll that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know moment, when that'll happen. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Like at the moment, the, like, I'm so grateful that I took... I'm taking a South Asian art history class. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that I took it because, one, my teacher's from India. Wow. Two, there's so many brown people in my class. And I'm, I'm like, we finally made friends and, like, yeah. talk now. And I was like, thank God. Like, what you were saying, I didn't realize I needed it so bad. Yeah. Like, I didn't take my first, um, like, Spanish Latin American studies course until the fall of my senior year why because I just like it never really occurred yeah to me that it's that like that not something to take. think about sometimes and I happened into the class because it was related to gender which was my second major and when I walked in the first day like it was all these like the diaspora basically yeah people and I met my first Dominican student of NYU my senior year what and I was like this is a whole community that I could have Missed been a part out. of yeah. that I just didn't know was here. And that's what I mean where, in hindsight, like, I would love if you guys just, like, did, like, you do have I to know. do the work, which is yeah. also shitty that we have to do that work ourselves, but it does provide so much health yeah. when you have that, you know? Yeah. Like, you, it's just, it's self-care, it's part of self-care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, my mood whenever I'm hanging out with another black woman is just, like, totally, like, that, like, vibe 
totally like shifts within me and I was like kind of telling my friend Natalie and I think I told you too how I like desperately want like a small group yeah. of like black girlfriends mm. so bad and I'm not gonna find that at playwrights it's mm -hmm. just no it's not gonna way happen. Yeah. yeah and I feel like not that I have to like put on like a different like mask or persona like walking into that building you but it's do. You kind but of I do. kind of do like I can't I don't know and it's like the, like theater's just so white yeah, that it's like yeah. so hard to like find like this group of like people who I just feel like I can yeah. like let go and just like be. I've talked about this before, but the fact that there's only four brown people in our year and mm -hmm. that we were all in different color groups last year is just so frustrating. Mm -hmm. I, like, I, it's just like it's hard for us to like find people that we can create the stories we want to create with. Like we were talking about, mm -hmm. if they're not accessible to us at all yeah it's just yeah. so unfair yeah it really is but it's fine we're working we're, we're through it i also met a lot of actors brown actors in my south asian oh really class. yeah did you That's know awesome. that like this the first day um we like went around and said like where like what my major was and everything and our teacher was like why are there so many tish kids in this room that's and awesome. we were like yeah that's really cool yeah and i was like this is crazy and now i know so many brown actors plus yeah. like, this one girl sophia she's black and she was like you're in a room full of filmmakers did you know that and i was like absolutely not but now you know when we yeah, actually like made friends so cool right and she was like that's so important for us to find because so another thing at nyu is the film thing how they don't know actors and yeah, actors don't so know separate. them yeah yeah so i just it's just like so cool to me that classes like this can like bring people absolutely together. yeah also interesting that it's a class set in south asia and not a white ass because <laughs> like they, some of the people in that class like take um are only taking that class so they can fill their like foreign or not foreign but not white people art <laughs> thing <laughs> like, yeah like yeah, yeah so yeah. it's not like renaissance and like all mm -hmm. the white places right it's like if they either take this or they take like east asian art Oh. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're only taking this class so they can fulfill that. And I'm like, okay, yes. I see how it is. I'm taking this class because I want to know more about my culture, but I see. Yeah. Yeah. That is the school. I mean, that's the reality of going to a PWI, right? A predominantly yeah. white institution. That <sighs> the four years is, is a challenge, but there are pros to it, right? I mm -hmm. mean, education period, like... It's not the best in this country. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe it's time for WOC that made a big this week. I still don't have one. <laughs> WOC, who made it big this week? Just do it. Okay. Do you have a WOC that I think to Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we <laughs> always say a woman of color that we've been looking at recently in the past week that made it big. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like someone famous. It can be like your mom. Mm. But just someone that you look up to that is doing the thing, mm. achieving things, making it big. Would you like to go first? Sure. I am going to say a famous person. Um, and that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> but and I, I, time is a blur to me right now, mm -hmm. but I think it was this week where Rihanna, <gasps> yeah. where the whole article came out about why she denied the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And I've just been thinking about it a lot because I'm she is such a, an icon. Mm -hmm. And... It's awesome because I was just having a conversation with someone about how sour her career could have gone after the whole yeah. Chris Brown mm. ordeal that happened. Um, and how awesome it is that she just, one, came up from that, but also is, like, very set in who she is. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just thinking a lot about what it means to be celebrity when you are a woman of color, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm I'm I don't know, I'm looking to her as I begin my career as like a mm -hmm. an anchor. To yeah. Like you don't have to let things go. Or like you don't mm -hmm. have to sell out or all those things, yeah. right? Like you can maintain who you are. I yeah. love Rihanna. Because she's, she's an awesome. island gal through and yeah, through. She is. And I was even <sighs> thinking about it in small ways, like the fact that she was so open about smoking weed, for example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something that I never really like 
like as a kid clocked clocked mm -hmm. but I'm like yeah you're right because now everything is so like like I was freaking out the other day because I was like oh my god like all these people on my Instagram can see everything I post all the time mm. but I was like okay yes and like yeah. so what you know yeah. so I am so yeah that's a good one <laughs> that is a good one you go okay so I <laughs> I'm so upset right now I low-key have two okay the first one is a group of women of color it is the cast of Mindy Kaling's show mm -hmm. um Never Have I Ever because they just wrapped season one like last night and I don't know it just makes me feel so good that I'm finally gonna see a show mm -hmm. that has brown women in it mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it, that's so exciting to me because there's nothing like that yeah that I could watch and be like mm-hmm that's like me and my mm -hmm. mom and my cousins and my sister. Like, that's not a thing. Um, so I'm so excited to see that. And they are my like group of WOC that made it big because mm -hmm. they're doing that. Like, if they hadn't done that, who knows how long it would have been before something like that happened. Yeah. But also my second WOC that made it big this week is my cousin um, because she is at school. She goes to school in Canada. She goes to UBC. Um, and it's her first year and it's Canadian Thanksgiving break right now. So she called me last night and was like, Anuka, I'm really like struggling because it's hot. It's like so hot when you're stuck here, like so far away from home and everyone's going home and is like so excited to go home and whatever, whatever. It's so hot to be stuck here and be like, I can't do that. Especially when we don't get to see our family for way longer than anyone here does because it's easier for everyone to go home. Um, but she's my WC who made it big because she took that step to be like, to call someone and be like, I'm really sad. Like, I need some, I need you yeah. to cheer me up and I need your advice and I need you to help me. And I think that's really important. That is. And that's I was awesome. really proud of her because it's really easy to be just like, I'm not going to talk to anyone. Yeah, um, pretending you're yeah, okay. Yeah, pretending you're okay. And then another thing that she was like, I don't want to worry my parents. No, and I, I was like, that. that's a big thing that even I did. I like sometimes didn't call my parents when I was upset because yeah. I didn't want them to worry about me because I'm so far away. Um, but I think it's important to realize that they are going to be worried about you anyway. So totally. it's better to take their support when you need it. And that's what she's doing now. So I'm proud of her. Y'all, this is so hard. I still it's can't hard. think of what person. This is the one segment that we added that every week I'm like, shoot, why yeah, did we add too. this? <laughs> me too. I'm going to say Talia. And this oh. is not like a cop-out cop-out. Oh. T, you know, I was going to say, I was going to be like, why don't you just say Talia? Okay, so this, I was like thinking about it last night this morning. I was like, I want to just say Talia. Yeah. But I was like, that's going to be like. No, I think you should say Talia. Okay. Talia because, and this is a good, like, this is a good transition back into the questions. Yeah. Because of the, is it directors and writers or writers and directors? Which one comes first? Writer-director. Writer-director mm -hmm. collaboration at Soho <laughs> Rep. That's so cool that you it's fucking so got cool. that. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, last week, Anuka and I were like, what are we going to do for the podcast? And, I, and we were like, oh, yeah, it's Leah. Yeah. And then... We were, and then, like, this thing happened. I was like, wait, this is, like, literally Jordan, perfect. Yeah, Jordan, like, turned to me. We were coming home one night, and we were in the lift, and she was like, I wonder what Talia's up to. Like, I wonder what she's going to talk about. Like, what's the yeah. big thing she's doing after graduation? Like, I know yeah. she did, like, a couple shows and stuff, but what's, like, the big thing? <laughs> and then... The next day, I went on Instagram and I was like, "This is the big thing." <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say that I manifested that. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I yeah. didn't. You did that. You did that. So I just think that's so fucking cool. Yeah. So talk about like the process of um, dreams and black major, and then like the transition over into like mm -hmm. Soho Rep. Yeah, so, um, well, first of all, I kind of have whiplash, so, because it all happened so fast, um, because basically eight months ago, Nia and I first got into the room to get ready for Dreams and Black Major, um, which at that time we were going to do at the National Black Theater, mm -hmm. a one-night-only performance for basically her indie, because she went to ETW, so it was her big, like, thesis, and so it was, like, a good combination See You Later NYU project. Yeah. Um, and so we were in the room for that. Then we had our showing at the National Black Theater. It was really, really great, because our focus with that was just creating a black space. Um, and so being in the National Black Theater of Harlem, and that was when they originally had plans to 
renovated and demolish it. So it was going to be one of the last things wow. there. So it was just like, oh, wow. We wow. were like really doing the thing. Mm -hmm. Then we got into Ampfest mm -hmm. and we were like, ooh, this is going to take some serious recalibration because the way that the show worked, it was in five movements and the final movement at the National Black Theater, we basically left all the non-black audience members alone and the black audience members and us went to a uh, black-only space. Wow. Which meant we had to do the reverse at Ars Nova. We had to basically escort all the non-black audience members out so that we could um, like somehow, and this was the big question of that version, but somehow remake the space into a black only space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and being in Ars Nova, which is a pretty white theater, um, there's all of that involved. And I think the biggest thing we learned from that was actually when we escorted all the non-black audience members out, there's only one Ars Nova faculty, or not faculty, staff member who was able to stay in the space. And so only one of their entire staff got to oh. experience <laughs> end of our piece, which taught us so much because we were like, oh, right, theater is still pretty white. Yeah. <laughs> or at least not black, but especially white, right? Yeah. Um, so then we just applied for the Soho Rep Writer Director Lab. We also had applied, we applied for a ton of things, right? That's kind of life after college. Mm -hmm. It's just tons and tons yeah. and tons of applications to grants and residencies and blah, blah, blah. So we applied to Soho Rep with what we think is kind of like the next, like the, the level up mm -hmm. of Dreams of Black Major, um, which we don't know what it is yet, mm. but we're interested in what we were interested in then, which is this concept of mundane Afrofuturism, which is basically, instead of doing the like Black Panther version, which is the future, it's technology, it's years from now, how can we achieve that same level of utopia and that same level of, of tools and um, protection with what we have now in our bodies? Mm. Um, so we want to explore that and we want it to be epic. We want it to be like a true 4D experience. <gasps> like, yeah, like I, so I, cool. I, I'm so excited. I think of it like um, those rides at Universal Studios where you like feel the water and smell the things and you like all of your senses mm -hmm. are activated because that's like what theater should be and somehow yeah. it isn't. So we're trying to blend all of that. Um, so we just applied. That's and so crazy. Got it. <laughs> we like went in for an interview. Um, and it's, we like, it was so interesting because we met right before the interview, like to mm -hmm. prep for it. And we basically just were like, okay, so what's our plan going to be to develop the show when we don't get it? <laughs> like, oh. that's, what our, that's what our whole meeting was because we were like, what's really helpful about being a finalist? We're probably not going to get it because they only choose four projects is that now we can really like use this meeting as a way to learn more about the show. So we're like, Smart. what are all the questions yeah. that we have? And what are we going to, what would we have done if we got the lab? And what can we do if we don't get it? And then we ended up getting it. So now we're just like, oh, what? Um, so wild. So it's really fast. And we start um, November 3rd, I think. So I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but I'm yeah. super, super excited. So, so is it cool. yeah. yeah. So is it getting like be performed at Soho Rep? Yeah. Wow. So it's an eighteen month lab. So basically, for the first six months, the four projects or the four teams of writer directors we meet every week, and we're gonna like it's very similar to playwrights actually. Mm -hmm. You know, like symposium or just meeting to talk about your projects. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're gonna use that to develop the piece more. And then we take the summer off, and then we get back into the room in the fall, and we basically prep for the showing that will happen in 18 months. Wow. And I can't even think that far in advance, so I don't know what it'll be. Mm -hmm. But we're just, we want to hopefully build a manuscript rather than a play. Mm -hmm. um, we want to build a manuscript that's really similar to, like, chamber choir music. Like, you know, mm -hmm. when it's, like, 20 parts and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we want to do that, where it's like, this is the music section, this is the film section, this is the projection section, this is the stage section, like, and just have all those elements kind of mapped out on the page somehow, and then from that we'll figure out what the showing is going to be, but... You're like a That's real so artist. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like an actual real You're artist. You're like, graduation <laughs> done. Real life, here I am. That's so crazy. Yeah, it happened out of nowhere. No, not out of nowhere. No. Obviously, out of like you want so hot to get yeah, it. Yeah, you, that's yeah. so cool. And I feel like before we started recording, like and you and I were like, 
we have an idea for a show. How do you do it? And so I just think it's like so cool that you're able to like sit down and be like, okay, if we don't get this, like how else are we gonna like right. yeah. do our art? And like I think that's like something that's like stalling Anuka and I are like, yeah. we have a team, yeah. we have a really good idea, like how, how, how. Do how? It? So it's like cool that you're able to like Yeah, I mean that is inspiration always gonna be the question. Um, like the other thing that I'm also working on is um I don't know if you've seen anything about Frankenstein, the project we're working mm -hmm. on, but we're trying to develop some sort of programming um, that I'm super passionate about and I'm excited to take time off from that to like do research. Um, but do programming with the Manhattan Detention Center and going in there right. and, and devising theater with mm -hmm. detainees and then whatever we create, bringing it back into the New York City theater scene. That's so um, cool. And that's something that we'll have like more questions than anything. Mm -hmm. And so that is reminding me that that's like, that's all theater is, right? It's like having an idea, a little kernel of an idea and figuring out how to do it. And especially yeah. in this country and especially in this city, like yeah. we don't have that much support and we don't have funding yeah. and we don't have spaces. So it's always going to be a question of where and how. Yeah. But you just have to, like when you have a team, like rely on your team and you'll make it happen somehow. Yeah. Because I think... <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Nuka and I are like making this podcast into a play. This is the first time we're like talking mm -hmm. about it on the podcast. Yeah. But like using like this form of like Anuka, like the premise is that Anuka and I are gonna be doing like a live podcast yeah. and like the segments are mm -hmm. gonna be like regimented, but then like what happens in between those we don't know. Yeah. And like right now, because we're like building this whole structure, because like it's an all like it's just not a structure yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and not a set thing. They yeah. come up with it also. Yeah. Max Mooney is really out here keeping up with the structure. <laughs> <laughs> um and then like breaking into like moments of like the the oh, oh. theatricality. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. like that's what we're playing with right now. Mm -hmm. Um and we're really excited about it, and it's really cool, but we're like, how? And I think I need to tell myself, because that this process might take longer than, than we you think, think it is. is. Yeah. And it's just like, I want it to be done like by the end of next semester. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that might not be true. That might not That's happen. truly, that is exactly what just happened with me and Mia. Like, when we were applying for Soho Rep, and we, like I said, really assumed we were not going to get it, um, the thing we kept coming up against is, is we were like, okay, if we don't get it, we have to really force ourselves to act as if we had gotten it and try to build this thing over 18 months. Because like I said, Dreams Black Major, the first iteration we built in maybe a month. What? The one for Ars Nova, we built in like three weeks. Oh, but this oh. So we are people who, I mean, coming from playwrights and we DCW, can fast, like we work yeah. really fast. And that is great to get things done, but sometimes you just need to like go slow and take your time and this is going to be the first time we've ever actually done that and I'm excited yeah. to see what, what that does for the art but I encourage you guys to do the same thing like especially Thanks. like if you don't have a place now like okay there are other things about the piece that you can work on like you can still get into the rehearsal room and yeah. figure yeah. it out and then when you eventually get a space or a, or a structure to perform it in then you can see what that brings to it yeah yeah I think I'm like really like like in my head it was like finished product finished product and it's like so interesting that you're like talking about like iterations and like everything yeah. which is like obviously iterations and things changing is so a part of our training mm -hmm. that I don't know why in my head I was like the first time you do it, it that's it. the final well, that's, time I mean, yeah. that's like that's culturally what we're assumed to think right and but that's not how theater works yeah. like yeah. even like slave play for example is something that I keep looking at we love slave play we stand slave play complicated it, it's so it. complicated <laughs> but even that like I haven't seen the Broadway version but you when you have these different iterations and these different runs and these different places and different casts like obviously it's different yeah and the production's different um so each one is in its own finished product like that show will probably keep changing yeah, yeah. like the next i don't know 20 40 years like yeah knows? yeah yeah we i just we have to like it's, we have to it's more than me thing i'm like <laughs> and i like last week we were gonna have like a meeting like our first rehearsal where nuka and i were gonna like live just like chill. try out one of the yeah. bits for our dramaturgs and then we had to cancel it because life happened yeah. and like busy and yeah. like not feeling prepared and, we prepared. and, and 
it, because it's something we care about so much, mm-hmm. we don't want to go in and like do a mediocre job. Like mm-hmm. we want to be prepared and do it the way it should be done. Totally. Which is so hard because what at the moment so busy. Every week is a bad week. Yeah. So to speak. So. Yeah, and like I was also really conscious of the fact that like as people because like it's also weird like we don't know what to call ourselves we're like the writers the directors when we're also yeah. gonna perform it it's really weird we i don't know what we are we're just like making the, the people. thing but like the people who are like leading the room we didn't like yeah. want to like ask people to come in and like watch us like half-ass uh, stuff yeah, like that's like, just wasting people's we time we don't want to waste that time we don't want to waste our time it's just Hot. Yeah, okay. but then like I was talking to Nuka and I was like, I don't know why I feel like if we cancel this one rehearsal, it's never gonna get yeah. done. Mm. And she was like, Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> this one rehearsal is not gonna be the end of the show. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's why partnerships happen. Yeah. Let me tell you, like I'm a Capricorn. Oh, <gasps> my so sister's a Capricorn. I'm- Obviously, I like Cap- love Capricorn. <laughs> um, and then Mia's an Aquarius. And so the way <gasps> I'm an Aquarius! Okay, so then you know exactly the dynamic. Yes! Talk and on it's it. Very, it's, an, it's the same dynamic. And it's like, it's a thing where with Soho Rep, for example, Nia was the one who was like, okay, so I'm going to write the show and then it'll be done. And I'm like, Mia, that's not <laughs> how it literally works. Yeah. You know? But then... Aquarius. <laughs> but then I'm the one who freaks out when we are in process, who's like, oh my god, like, we have 50 million things to do, like, I have 50 million ideas, I don't know which one to go with, and she's like, just pick one. <laughs> so you will balance each other out. Yeah. <laughs> we got this. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I feel like this is something that you've basically been giving us and our listeners, like, the whole thing, but, like, what is something that you wish you or I was gonna say like advice but like also something that you wish you would have done while you were still in NYU so then we can do the thing yeah (laughs) I was gonna say something that listeners and us can also can like change in our path like does that make sense Mm -hmm. it does like I said it all kind of started for me like towards the end of my second year and then I felt like I junior year and senior year to kind of like test everything out if you will but I think that trusting one your artistic impulses just do it like especially when you are in a structure that doesn't look like you and you have teachers who don't look like you and peers who don't look like you it's really hard to feel like your ideas are valid and get that validation you also need Mm -hmm. and especially when you're trying to make stories where you don't even have the people who look Mm -hmm. like you like make them anyway or find ways to make them anyway and when you find communities like you two working together like hold on to that because mm-hmm. when me like me and i this is a really quick story time yay me <laughs> and i actually met our senior year of high school what oh. yeah because nyu flies you out when you're a scholar so mm-hmm. they basically mm-hmm. they have scholars weekend and um, they pick your roommates for you, and they picked re- Mia and I to be roommates at other <gasps> people, but Mia and I in particular. Um, so we met then, and then we both ended up coming to NYU, and our we couldn't really go to the seminars our first year because they were on Tuesdays, which is yeah. when we have studio, studio, which is so dumb. Yeah. Um, and I have so many qualms about that, but um, we both felt like very isolated from the program for that reason and we have this big trip to Paris yeah um that we both ended up being roommates for again so during that time we were like oh hey like you're someone who's similar to me and we know each other and we started becoming friends um and then we just kind of like didn't talk like we were like really uh acquaintances and Mm -hmm. like I would see her at playwrights because she would work on shows or like at ECW, because I would, like, especially going to Amsterdam, I had a lot of friends who were in ECW, um, and then, out of nowhere, the summer before senior year, she was like, hey, like, we should make something together, and we had been wanting to do it for a while, but we never actually, like, Mm -hmm. you know, did the thing, and taking that, like, leap of faith, and working together, clearly, had led to where we are now, um, and so I think that there were all those signs that happened really early on that we both kept kind of ignoring. And so I mm-hmm. think it's really important when you do find someone, like, trust that one is valid, too. Like, I think people have this weird, and I had it when I was in college, that um, you're a student, right? And, like, so the things you're making are just, like, student projects. Yeah. And That's what I feel like. But it's not true. Like, it's, okay. it's just, especially going to NYU, like, 
those things are not true because you have access to the city and to other people and to professionals and the work like someone once said a teacher I had for a workshop that the circle rises together which is so true in the sense that the work you're making together you are going to be the ones who graduate together so you're going to continue making that work and you're going to continue in that same community and it's a very very small community so take yourself seriously and even if it's something like the podcast right like take this very seriously and take the yeah the we do you want to make seriously which you already yeah you yeah, very clearly yeah. already do so just continue trusting that it's okay to do that especially if mm. teachers try to like undermine it which sometimes they do yeah. yeah you know it's valid oh that was so good Perfect note to begin. Obsession corner. Obsession corner. Obsession corner. This is not the song. We like made actual songs for it. Wait, what is the obsession corner song? It's time for obsession corner. Ding. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway, who wants to go first? Maybe you go first. I go first? Okay. So my obsession, I don't know how this happened, but all I've been listening to this week is like early 2000s R&B. And I don't know how I fell into this trap, but here I am. Like, I can't stop listening to like Sierra Mm -hmm. and like so into, like I'm literally in like death, like that's all, yeah, like that's all I've been listening to. And I don't know, I think maybe I'm listening to it because it's, like, remi- like reminding me of, like, home. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, like, things that I would hear on the car, like, drive to, like, mm-hmm. school with my mom. That's probably why. And then, like, yeah. also, like, listening to, like, Sade. And, like, that's not, like, like really, like, early 2000s R&B, mm-hmm. but, like, it's also, like, what my parents would listen yeah. to. It's and, what like, you listen to, even yeah. though it wasn't, like, your time period. You listened yeah. to it growing up. Yeah. Totally. So that's what I'm obsessed with right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that. What about you, Talia? Um, okay, so I'm obsessed with the cartoon Tuca and Birdie. Have you watched it? No, mm-hmm. but I've heard about it. It, it is so good. It's on Netflix. It's Tiffany, uh, how do you Haddish. know Haddish? Haddish? I, was, mm-hmm. I never know if it's Haddish <gasps> or Haddish. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm, I also, like, make things up, so it's probably Haddish. <laughs> I think it's Haddish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a mild concert. I know. But then they get really serious and really <gasps> deep. And it is like I just finished the season and the second to last episode, like I was crying at one point and I was like, I was just laughing. Like, how am I crying? You know, so we're gonna watch it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so into that. Um, okay, my obsession corner is also music. Hey. Um my obsession this week, or I wanna say the past few days, I'm not gonna say this week. But I went to um, the Muna concert on mm. Friday night, and I, like, cried. <laughs> it just, like, I liked their music before, like, ever since my friend who I went with, who's, they're, like, her favorite band. Mm. Um, ever since she told me about them in the summer, I, like, listened to their music. I was like, yeah, they're good. Like, I like their music. Fun. But their show, mm. oh, my God. Like, you know when you just see certain performers and you're just, like, oh, yeah. like, it hits different. I love concerts. I, like, yeah. live for concerts. I feel like they're the best form of performance. Oh, like, yeah. hands down. I, like, Interesting. I anyone on that. Yeah, just because it's, like, it's, like, the most theatrical yeah. experience. Because we're in theater. Like, the thing I love about it is everyone's, like, breathing and experiencing together. When you go to any concert, it's, like, the extreme version of that. Where yeah. everyone's crying together. Everyone's laughing yeah. together. Everyone's, like, Chanting the same together. thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's so that, crazy. like, feeling that... This happens in theater, too, but, like... The feeling of the what you share with these people in this time can never be replicated mm-hmm. or shared with anybody else, and it, that's just like so special it's and so, so special. cool. Yeah, I don't know. I just like lost it. Like they have a song called "It's Gonna Be Okay, Baby," and like the song itself, I don't like. It's relatable, but not that relatable to me because mm. it's a lot of their story and how they moved to New York and like came out and went through mental health shit and stuff like that but the all chorus, in one song yeah you need to <laughs> it's all in one song all in one song and the chorus 
is literally just it's going to be okay over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, hit me so hard, and mm-hmm. I cried. And I was like, I've listened to this song, like, seven billion times before this and I've never cried Mm. but the fact that it was live and everyone around me was singing it too and it just oh I just like sobbed and that's my obsession and it's Muna like I I'm obsessed yeah Mm. and I think it's more the like when I hear the songs that they played I think back to then and that's the obsession Mm -hmm. oh yeah you can never ever listen to music the same after you go to a after you've seen it live yeah Mm. that's awesome yeah this has been a really good episode. I'm yeah. so happy, first of all, to like see you. I know. Uh, and I feel hear about how cool I know. you are and all the cool oh things God. you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And like also when I was like getting ready to like do maroons, I'm so sorry for asking you so many things, but like you are like a resource for me yeah. of like how do I do the thing? Cause I'm always mm-hmm. like so scared about directing and then especially like that project I was like I don't know what I'm doing like I kept on texting Anuga too I was like I don't know what I'm doing so thank you for like helping me of course and thank you for being on our podcast and thank you for like sharing such beautiful and insightful things thank you for sharing your story your artistic (laughs) story (laughs) I feel like I really learned it all from seven to now NPR yeah Yeah. NPR yeah yeah you know. I'm gonna look the story up. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look my name up. It's like it comes up. It's not. What's I, the headline? It's literally. It's like a uh, freshman move-in day. Something. 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 I don't know. I don't. I have my complications about the article because it, <gasps> it tries to do the like sob story thing or like oh. um, what's that phrase like coming up. What's yeah, I know what you mean. Like basically, yeah. the gist is like, oh, look at this lowly yeah, exactly. student yeah. who worked really hard and made you it know. to the big city. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think like I thought it was gonna be about my um my grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I thought it was being like, wow, it's gonna like celebrate my mm-hmm. success. Yeah. But it focused a little bit more on like where I came from. Yeah, which you know, such is life. And um, that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, but feel free to listen to it or read it. I will. It's there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And that's that's it. The end. Bye, guys. Thank Bye. you for listening.